Ladies and gentlemen, this is the BU Hockey Show. Thanks for one-timer. Down low for Cockrell. In front, Curry scores! BU moving it well, and a shot and a goal! Mueller deeks, saved by Schroeder! Got an opportunity for a shot, and she scores! Welcome to episode four of the BU Hockey Show. My name is Patrick Donnelly. With me, as always, is Brady Gardner. How are we doing today, Brady? We're good, as always, Patrick. That's good to hear, as always. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, with BU not starting up for a couple weeks here, as annoying as that might be, um, we figured with hockey starting in just two days, tomorrow and then yeah. Friday, two days left till hockey starts, uh, the season will be kicked off. We figured we'd get our predictions and previews in for the conference this year on both the men's and women's side. That's right. Recording here on a Wednesday night, probably uploading on a Friday morning. So we'll hope nothing changes between now and then, although you know Hockey East and how quickly things are moving lately. So chances are the entire weekend of games is just going to be canceled and we'll have absolutely nothing to look forward to. But we're hoping that uh, we'll get to see some Hockey East hockey played uh, on both the men's and women's sides this weekend. And, uh, and we can sink our teeth into some actual hockey action, which I know we've been uh, we've been hungry for. For, uh, for the last few months, really. Yeah, I mean, some hockey action that we care a little bit more about. I mean, it was sure, cool yeah. seeing, like, Wisco, or Wisconsin, I should say, mm-hmm. and North Notre Dame going at it last weekend. But do we really have any rooting interests in those teams, aside from, like, oh, Johnny Cole... Beecher. Uh, yeah, Johnny Beecher was, was an action Bruins pick, and, like, oh, Cole Caulfield is cool and all that. But do we yeah. really have any rooting interests? No. Now we have teams we actually care about. We have games that actually mean something to what we care about. And it's, exactly. it's refreshing. It's refreshing. It is. I'm very much looking forward to watching these games. I'll probably have like multiple streams up because I'm that kind of nerd. You know, I'll just have it on. It'll be like NFL Red Zone, but for Hockey East. The dual screen action. That's right. We got the monitor. You know, here. You this cannot is what it's beat it. Meant for. You can't beat it. Uh, all right. Do you want to start on the men's side here and, uh, sure. and we'll take it from there? Cool. So should we run through what we think the standings will finish as and then no. go through each team? Why don't we go through each team as the standings finished last year and then at the end we'll go with our predictions. Okay. 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 So let's start. Boston College kind of ran away with it last year. Uh, you know they were poised to make a deep run, really, in the uh, in the, the national tournament, but obviously that couldn't happen. Um, so uh, so we'll start here with the Eagles. If I can figure out their record last year, seventeen six and one in conference play, twenty four eight and two overall, which is nuts. Um, so BC looking to follow that up this year. What are your impressions of uh, of the Eagles as they come in, Patrick? It's it's their conference to lose. Um, I know you don't. I know you might not agree fully, but I mean the way Jerry York got pretty much the same team to come back, miraculously getting Alex Newhook and Logan Hutzko to stay. Spencer Knight had a phenomenal year last year as a freshman. He was one of the top goalies in the country. You'd expect no different again. Although I guess the pedigree in big games is a little questionable, but still young. Um, I see no reason for this to not be BC's conference. Well, yeah, and I'd say that too. You know, I'm not as high in them as you are, but I would say that they're the favorites. That's kind of unanimous at this point. And you, you talk yes. about, you know, the big name factor there, right? Knight, um, Newhook, Boldy, Hutsko, like, you know, those guys alone are probably, I don't know, four of the top 20 players in Hockey East right now. You yeah, know? and Boldy, like Boldy, was, Boldy was unreal last, especially in the second half of the season. He came on like a house of fire, you know, 23 points to close it out in his last 19 games. I believe he had 15 in his last nine, to be exact. Yeah, crazy. Um, he was on fire. 
And, you know, that the freshman trio last year of Newhook, Boldy, and Mike Hardman, who Hardman doesn't have the pedigree as a Boldy or a Newhook, those two being first-round picks, Mike Hardman being undrafted, Hardman's made a pretty good name for himself last year. So, like, you have the depth. Yeah, I guess the only concern is, do you have, like, the veteran presence? And that's where you're going to be relying on, you know, Hutsko, uh, among others. But you don't have David Cotton, who was your four-year guy last year, captain and top scorer, I think, right? Or, or think right around Hutsko. there. Okay, but he was right up there all the time. Uh, you, you know, the, the Mat- Matilla, Matilla, <laughs> the twins? Matil- those guys, the Matilla twins, you know, yes. Those were, you know, veteran leaders, and they just eight minutes last year on both ends. Uh, so I, I just I'm interested to see how they fill those voids. You know, sometimes those intangibles are the hardest things to fill, um, and especially you know Newhook. We talk about the the unfortunate Canadian break or not not break, but the camp that they'll be gone for so long with, right? More than a month they'll and then, miss, and then right back to the World Junior Tournament. That's right. So they're going to be missing arguably their best player for a month or more. You know, how do you fill that gap? Yeah, I mean, I still think they have the scoring punch to be able to withstand that. Um, I mean, you have some freshmen coming in who you assume will skate with USA at the World Juniors, but they're not going to be missing most of the season with a camp. Like, right. Like a, like an Eamon Powell on defense, or uh, I believe tre- like Trevor Kuntar. I don't know if he's going to make the roster, but you have plenty of you know touted prospects coming in to be able to withstand that. Mm-hmm. So expecting big things from BC, um, and, and I assume they'll be... At the top of our uh, our predictions at the end of this segment here, uh, but let's move along. And by, yeah. by by themselves, by himself, Jerry York gives them an edge. <laughs> That's true. It is true, actually. Especially this year of all years, you think if anybody can uh, adjust to the uncertainties, uh, it'd be him. He's seen just about everything, you know. So, all right, we got UMass up next. They finished second last year at uh, 14, 8, and two in 24 hockey East games, 21, 11, and two overall. Um, and this is a, a UMass team, I think, that's uh, returning some of their biggest pieces, starting with that goaltending duo, probably the best combination in the league. You know, the one-two punch there of Matt Murray and Philip Lindbergh, who, uh, you know, traded off, I guess, uh, you know, traded off hot streaks, really, throughout the season uh, and, and the season before. You know, their, their uh, NCAA finals um, appearance, they were both uh, important to that whole run. And then, of course, they have other guys. You know, Mark Del Geizo is kind of forgotten about, but he's an elite defenseman there if he's healthy. Um, and some of the other guys, Zach Jones on the blue line. Um, they did lose uh, Mitchell Chafee and John Leonard, two of their, their top scorers and you know biggest offensive threats. So those are going to be some big shoes to fill. Uh, but they still have Oliver Chow, who's been very productive in his time. Anthony Del Geizo, uh, another you know leader there. He's a junior this year. I think twin or brother of Mark. I don't remember. And, yeah, uh, they're related. I don't know exactly yeah. how. But the expectations are still high for this UMass team, just two years removed from being uh, national finalists. Yeah, I see no reason for uh, UMass to really drop off too horribly here. I mean, you're returning five of your seven top scorers. You have one of the best defensemen in the conference at Mark Del Geizo. Um I mean, you and you have the coach. Greg Carville has um, kind of cultivated... Yeah. Um, the culture over there, especially over the last few years, this is a, a, a team that we know is is driven and knows how to win. Mm-hmm. I think those are the clear top two there, and there's not much to debate. You know, UMass has been great the last few years, and, and you figure that machine will just keep rolling this year, especially with the consistency at net, which I think will become a theme a little bit as we go through, and, and it's very prevalent here with UMass Lowell, who finished third last year, 12-7-5 in conference, 18-10-6, 
overall. And, uh, you know, their goalie, you know, was it Tyler Wall? That's his first name, right? I Tyler call Wall. Wall. But Tyler, yeah. He was their goalie for, what, three years? Maybe even four, all four? Uh, um, I believe but, so. But now he's gone. So how do you fill that void? They have a selection here of uh, a freshman, a sophomore, and a, a senior. And the senior just came in halfway through last season as kind of a, a midseason addition. And then uh, one of the, I guess the sophomore, only appeared in a, a couple of games last year. So not a ton of experience in the net there for UMass Lowell, but they do return a lot of their important skaters. Connor Sodergren, um, just scrolling through here. Carl Berglund, another good name. You've got um, Reed Stephenson, big defenseman. Uh, sorry, forward. <laughs> and then uh, the defense is strong too. Anthony Baxter, um, Chase Blackman. Just a lot, a lot of guys that, you know, they're not going to be the flashiest names, but you know what you're getting from them, and it's generally good things. Right, and uh, one more thing on UMass Amherst. Um, Sorry, just I'd cut s- me off next time. Just no, 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 it's all right. Um, one more thing <laughs> on UMass Amherst. Um, you you wonder whose net is it gonna be? Because last year, you know, Murray kind of struggled a little bit, and Lindbergh mm-hmm. was pretty good, and it felt like when Lindbergh was struggling, Murray was pretty good, and you never really knew whose net it was because they're both so good. They had a little bit of a timeshare going, yeah. which isn't the worst thing, but. You don't. You, if you run into consistency issues again, that could be a problem. It's true. It's it's like the VU women's hockey thing where it's like a problem, but it's not. You have two, you know, clear starters that both on their day are among the best goalies in the league, um, and you just have to hope that the combination works out well. And when one's cold, the other one's hot, and vice versa. Uh, right. But I, I'd I'd much rather be in their position than a team like UMass Lowell, where it's not really clear who the number one guy is. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, so UMass, I'd kind of give, or Lowell, I'd kind of give the edge to the kid that has the NHL pedigree. Um, Logan Neaton, a sophomore, he was fifth round pick to the Jets. Um, yep. Two starts and three appearances last year, 3.85 goals against average, 8.69 save percentage. Yeah, I mean, so. Thrown into I, the fire, though. Yeah, I mean, so I always I always take those with a grain of salt because, especially in college, like you're, as a backup on the men's side, you're barely playing. Um, you're a freshman, you're, you're stepping in, you're behind Tyler Wall, of all people. True. Um, so I think it's, it's a little tough there. I feel like he'd probably have the early edge going into this season, but I wouldn't expect to see it done by committee at Lowell. Um, I do expect them to be a good team again. Like, you, you know, they're returning a ton of depth. Um, we, you quietly all the time, one of the best top to bottom teams in the league. They play hard. They play the right way. I just to be cliche, I guess. Um, you always know what you're going to get, but I don't know if they have the firepower to be able to be a true contender you know what i'm saying yeah and i think that's true you know like there's always a ceiling for the teams that play that kind of rougher brand of hockey where at some point you're just kind of going to get skated around but the good thing for uh, for umass lola is they've been able to contend when it becomes a shootout you know there are other teams where they rely on those low scoring hard hitting games and i feel like umass Lowell can generally find that balance pretty well yeah um i guess just with the parity that we're expecting on the men's side this year you just wonder, like you said, you wonder what the ceiling is for this team. Right. Um, I feel like, you know, they're ranked 11th going into the season. I feel like that might be their ceiling. I don't know if they have the firepower to necessarily yeah. crack the top 10. I even feel like 11th is a little generous, to be honest. Um, but they showed it last year, you know, and Norm Basin has done a good job in the consistency year by year. Uh, you hardly notice, you know, major holes from this team one year to the next. So uh, so I'm still expecting good things from UMass Lowell, probably, uh, you know, within that top half of the uh, the conference. And, and who knows, maybe even making some noise among the uh, the couple at the top. So 
Let's uh, look next at Maine, who finished fourth last year. Almost a surprise, um, you know, much of it off the back of Jeremy Swayman, who had a career year, one of the best goaltenders in the nation, really. They finished 12-9-3 in Hockey East, and then 18-11-5 overall. And, and I scroll down this lineup, and to be honest, there aren't many names that I recognize because it's Maine, you know, and, and I wouldn't say that we're all that... Uh, that knowledgeable about main hockey because they're way up there and you know just not the most exciting team to watch um but they got their fair share of wins obviously they have let's see they have jordan greenway's brother um his name jd so uh some guy to watch there i guess for bu folks they have jacob smith vetstrup who's always been a contributor and um i mean edwards Tralmax. they have awesome names i must say but then in goal again it's kind of a story of who replaces the big name in jeremy swayman they have uh two freshmen and a sophomore Let's look. Uh, the freshman. The sophomore is a fifth round pick. Do you know? Fifth or sixth round pick to the Canucks. The sophomore. Yeah, because nothing's really nothing's jumping out to me about these guys. I mean, Theason, if that's how you pronounce it, only played one game last year because Swayman. You know, you're not taking that guy out. So like, well, I don't know really what to expect from Maine this year. They might be the biggest wild card after finishing fourth last year. Yeah, I mean, the thing last year with Maine was, you know, they. They're not outscoring their problems, but the goalie is outsaving their problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they have the scoring capability. I mean, it was the quest- same question as last year. Do you have the ability to, to you know, win games 3-1? to one? Are you going to have to rely on your inexperienced goaltenders to win, to win a one nothing, a 2-1 game? Or are you going to be able to actually provide some run support? And that's probably the biggest question I have with Maine. I mean, we know they're going to be defensive-oriented. We know they're going to be tough to play to get, play against, as they typically are. But it's kind of the same thing as Lowell, but kind of on a more extreme extent. Like, can you score goals? I don't know. Yeah, and I think that's that's a reason why Maine is kind of raising red flags for me this year, and, and we'll see that in the predictions probably. But I don't know. I think it might be a step back for the Black Bears this season. But I, UConn, I, yeah. I expect it to be a step back. UConn is a team we think maybe might be on the rise. They were 12-10-2, good for uh, fifth place last season. Uh, And overall, they finished 15-15-4, so kind of middle of the road there for the Huskies. And in goal, it's a little more consistent for them with Tomasz Vomaka, who had his fair share of highlight stops last year, kind of their consistent guy, now a junior from the Czech Republic. Um, And then as far as names go, it's, uh, (laughs) you know, Russian national team over here, uh, Yakim Kondalik, the forward. Um, Vladimir Firstov, also a strong forward. Um, T- Carter Turnbull and Johnny Evans, I remember both being uh, fairly productive. Um, and then, uh, you know, just a, I think a, a very, um, I guess, depth, or a lot of depth on that team, very well-rounded. Jan Kuznetsov, another strong sophomore defenseman. Uh, so I feel like this UConn team has a lot to build on this year. Yeah, I think UConn definitely went in the right direction last year. Um, and I would only expect it to, you know, go up. I mean... <laughs> Last year, we, t- we talked about the Russian national team over there. We had no idea who some of these freshmen and sophomores were. And they just mm-hmm. came on and kind of lit lit you on fire, especially like BU, losing badly on home ice to them. Um, yeah. And they're, like we saw, they're a team that can score and they're a team that can skate through you. They're big enough and they play a powerful enough style to be able to do that. And in net, the goal is pretty solid. Right. And I think that's so important this year, just having a, a known commodity in net. And that's what they have there. So... Again, we'll see where UConn finishes in our predictions here, but I have a feeling that they're going to get a little bit of a bump. Uh, in sixth place was Boston University at 10, 9, and 5, and then 13, 13, and 8 
overall. So another team that hovered right around 500. And we'll definitely get into BU more uh, in our team previews coming up in the next couple weeks. Um, but if you had to sum up this Terrier team, at least compared from last year, now looking ahead to this year, what would you say the biggest differences are? Um, I'd say the biggest differences, obviously, in net, you have a better idea of who the guy is going to be. Um, and Drew Camesso, you kind of you hope he hits the ground running. Um, all by all accounts, he kind of has in practice, but of course they're going to say the right things. Um, and you have a ton of depth up front, which I don't know if you had last year. You have, like like we've talked about and alluded to, and we'll get into uh, a lot more in our specific team previews. Um, you like you have that depth, you have that versatility. Do you have top talent who can score you a goal um, or can kind of just put you on their back? I don't know. But the depth is certainly an encouragement. The sophomores who were fre- like the freshmen last year, by and large, look pretty good. So I'd expect them to be good and take a step again this year. But again, the question marks come on a young defense score again like last year and being able to put the puck in the net consistently, I, I should say. Exactly. Kind of an underwhelming team last year. Uh, you, you know, you had that top talent, but they're they're gone for the most part. Trevor Zegers going to the NHL and then Patrick Harper and Patrick Curry also signing professional deals upon their graduation. So you've got gaps to fill, but the good news is you have guys you think can fill them. Um, whether they're returning from injury like Ty Amonti and Logan Cockrell, who just wasn't right after coming back last year, uh, or, you know, Jay O'Brien, a guy coming in uh, with, you know, lofty expectations for sure. So this BU team, you know, we, we talk about Maine kind of being a wild card for who knows what they're going to look like, even UConn, and I think BU is right on that list too. Yeah, so. I, I agree, especially with the youth that they have, and you expect most of your offense to come from a defenseman in David Ferentz. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, another bit of a wild card that doesn't exactly have that top attacking talent anymore is Northeastern, who finished seventh last year, 11-12-1, a rare uh, below 500 season for them in the conference, uh, plus 13-13-8. No, that's BU. 18-13-8 at a conference, or overall. Uh, so they, they had a strong performance out of conference, but it wasn't really good enough within Hockey East. And um, let's look at Northeastern's roster here. I think it's strong defensively. Still Jordan Harris. You know, we have bad memories of him, but he was solid for them last season. He's an assistant captain this year. Jaden Struble spent a lot of last year injured, right? Um, but he, he's back as a Canadian's prospect. Uh, and they still have, uh, let's see, Jordan, uh, or no, Michael Kesselring, Kesselring who uh, I remember being good as a freshman last year. But then it gets a little iffy, I feel like, as you get forward. You have Grant Josephek entering his 10th year with the team. <laughs> I mean, it feels like I mean, it, right? how, that guy's around forever. Can, red shirt can I just vent for a second? How did Grant Josephek get a medical red shirt? He, <laughs> the, the least amount of games he's played in a season was like 11. Yeah. It, the math just doesn't work out to me unless there's a rule like if you miss the amount of games combined on your career that equal a full season, you can get a medical red shirt, which makes no sense to me. But regardless, that's not the point here. It's crazy. But they need they needed him back. You know, they needed that veteran leadership up front. They also have Zach Solo, who's wearing the C uh, this season as a, a senior forward. I remember the name Matt Dem- Demelis. I think he's going to be yep. another solid guy for them. But then goaltenders where it gets weird. Uh, did you have something on Demelis? Um, no, I was going to mention um, like a, a sophomore that we remember. as a freshman last year, um, Aiden McDonough. 11 yes, goals yes. and 16 assists as a freshman. Canucks guy, right? Yeah, Canucks dra- another Canucks draft picked at Northeastern. Yep. Um, I, I'm expecting him to take a step. I mean, you, you bring in some pretty highly touted freshmen and especially Sam Colangelo, second round pick local kid. Um, and obviously the goaltender, um, in, in goal with the freshman Devin Levi. Um, but again, yeah. it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You, you know what you're going to get with solo. Um, you know, 
Obviously, defense is going to be good, especially headlined by Harris. Um, but you have it's a pretty young team and a lot of you know guys who really. It felt like last year they were top heavy on offense, and mm-hmm. you didn't get a ton from your bottom six. Um, I guess you could say the same for BU, but you didn't get a, you didn't get a whole lot from your depth guys, and you wonder if they'll take a step this year. Well, that's right, and as much as you know, we talked about them being reliant on those top guys last year. At least they had them. You know, they don't have Tyler Madden now, as he's gone to professional hockey. Uh, they don't have Ryan Shea, who graduated. Right, Ryan was his name, right? Yes, yes. Um, who was the other guy who? There's a Neil Shea on Northeastern, and there's a Pat Shea, and who graduated Maine. Really? Wow. The guy from your high school. What was his name? Matt Philippe. Yes, Matt Philippe. They don't have him this year, so they need some of these guys to take a jump. Uh, and then in goal, obviously, you need Levi to perform. He seems like the go-to guy in his first year. They also have, you know, three other goaltenders on the roster, including the guy who uh, shot a puck at Patrick Curry's head during warm-ups last year, Curtis Fry. Remember him? Yep. Good times. Um, but, yeah, it's all signs point towards Levy being the guy there. It's kind of the same thing as Drew Comesso at BU. What will he be able to do in his first uh, months in college hockey? We shall see. Below them, or I guess I guess kind of tied with them, really, for seventh, was Providence, who went 10-11-3 in Hockey East, 16-12-6 overall. Uh, Providence, another school that relied on a uh, graduate student goaltender with Northeastern doing it with Craig Pantano last year, BU doing it with Sam Tucker, and Providence doing it with Michael Lackey, the Harvard grad. And this year, it's kind of a question of, uh, of who takes the reins. I don't know if you know anything about these guys, but they have a, a pretty veteran group, actually, uh, a junior, sophomore, a senior, and a grad student. So, you know, they got all the classes represented there. Um, but otherwise, it's the usual cl- cast of characters. Not a ton of, you know, top, like, huge names. The Jack Dugans of the world, no longer there. But they still have Greg Prince, Patrick Moynihan, um, Brett Brard, I remember, scored against BU, so I think he's good. Uh, Tice Thompson. Who's Matt Tage Tugnet. Thompson's evil twin. Oh, yeah, that's right. Matt Tugnut. <laughs> from Sacred Heart, who torched BU in that uh, that route here at Aganis. He's a graduate student at Providence, which I think is a pretty nice pickup. And uh, Max Crozier, who was also an impressive freshman last season, uh, now becoming a sophomore. So I think this uh, this Providence team is probably in line to do pretty good things this year. Yeah, it's that. They have they have the depth, and you know what you're going to get out of Nate Lehman's squads. Um, I, I think Nate Lehman's one of the better coaches in the conference. And we've, we've, How many times can we say this about teams in Hockey East, but you know they're going to play hard. Um, mm-hmm. you know they're going to be just staunch defensively, although until you get a 6-5 loss for BU. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it is the only question marks that really come up for me um, is goal, like you said. I mean, you, yeah. have, you have the sophomore, the senior, the junior, and the grad student. Whose net is it? And if you already had these guys, why aren't they good enough to step in in front of Lackey last year? Um, exactly. why, or why did you need Lackey last year? Um, I, do, I am really excited to see more of Patrick Moynihan. I thought he was really good last year as a freshman. As a guy who didn't really have a ton of hype coming around him. I mean, obviously, there's something to be said for being an NHL draft pick, but a sixth-round pick to the Devils, and no, not kind of you don't know what you're going to get out of him. He goes 13 goals and eight assists, and pretty yep. good for a rookie year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, bottom three here. First, we have uh, UNH 9-12-3 in, uh, in Hockey East, 15-15-4 overall. We can probably fr- fly through these guys. Um, this is actually a team with probably one of the better returning goaltenders in Hockey East, which is uh, Mike Robinson, who's been their goalie for the last two years, now a senior uh, netminder, so they'll be relying on him uh, most of the way probably. At forwards, Charlie Kelleher is a name, Patrick Grasso. Um, Crookshank. Look at through. Who? 
Angus Crookshank. <laughs> Angus Crookshank, candidate for the best name led, in the led league. Led the team in six, with 16 goals last year and two overtime goals, tied first in the country. What do you see coming for UNH this year? Uh, not a whole <laughs> no, lot. That's, yes, that's the reaction. Um, I mean, you got the goalie. Do you, you just don't have enough around him. I mean, like, like we said, Kelleher, Crookshank, certainly like dangerous names, but on defense, like it's, it's a mixed bag. I mean, you have known commodities and Ryan Barrier sort of, um, but it real is there enough around everybody else there? I don't think so. Right. I think that's going to hold them back. You know, they have those, you know, talented players that you're going to see on the score sheet all the time, but like what else? You know, I don't recognize any names on this defense really. Um, so I think it'll be a tough year for UNH, but at the same time, I could also see, you know, them maybe relying on, on that veteran, uh, I guess, core that they have there between that strong group of uh, top forwards and the goaltender. Maybe they surprise some people. Yeah, I mean, I see them being good enough again to maybe crack into the later half of the playoff structure, hmm. um, but nothing more than that. They're going to be just okay again. Right. Same with, uh, you know, Merrimack, I think, who was 7-14-3 last year. 9-22 and 3 overall so not the the season that Scott Borick had in mind for his Warriors and uh I don't know I I'm trying to be optimistic here trying to look at the positive side of things um and I I've, at the same time as I say that I've realized I've closed the uh, the browser window with their players so I can't say any specific guys but they have two strong defensemen Zach Ewins and um another guy who's Declan Carlisle yes and Patrick Holway yeah and then in goal, they have two returning guys who kind of split time last year. Jan Hudama. 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 Oh, no, not Jan. Yer Hudama. And then, um, oh, God, another guy here. I'll find him. I'll find him. Well, a forward I'm passing by is Chase Grisak. He's been good for them. Uh, who was the other goalie? Logan Drevich is a good forward. See, I, I'm just scrolling through the roster. James no, Corcoran. No, no, no. Troy Cobrin. That's who I was thinking of sophomore i think he played last year didn't he i thought it was uh, i mean i mean it was kind of it was a road yeah between the pipes for 19 games started 15 of them but an 893 c percentage so he'll be looking to improve that yeah so so merrimack the question marks are who's scoring the goals and in that again you said they had that timeshare last year neither of them were very were particularly exceptional um but i mean greg uh not not greg um Scott Borick did a pretty good job of building up the defense last year. You know, yeah. you mentioned Carlisle and Ewens. They're both very good in their own right. And you had you added Patrick Colway last year. Um, but again, who's who's going to score? You don't you don't have the most exciting prospects coming in up front. Um, you have a couple intriguing guys. You know, Philip Forsmark, who was pretty good in the USHL last year. Um, Alex Jeffries was solid, um, and he's. An, an, Again, an NHL draft pick, so he's got the hype. Um, but it, it's still a mi- it's still a, <laughs> it's still it. a mixed bag around everybody. It's um it's even more so than UNH. You don't you don't really know. Like we say, these guys are intriguing, but you don't really know what you're getting out of them because they haven't played before, um, or at least played college hockey yet. So exactly. So you really don't know what you're getting in the scoring department. Yeah, and that's sort of the case I think at Vermont as well, where you don't really know what you're getting. They were two eighteen and four in Hockey East last season, five twenty three and six overall. So a pretty uh, underwhelming year to say the least for the Catamounts. But they have a new uh, a new coach in this year from the uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Four years as an assistant coach. His name 
It escapes me, but I'm scrolling quickly to find it. Todd Woodcroft, who I think we were encouraged by, you know, him coming in to replace Kevin Sneddon. Yeah, um, he's got the, um, the NHL pedigree. He's been a scout in, within NHL systems for years. Um, so clearly knows what he's doing with the X's and O's and all that. Um, and I mean, Vermont, it's only up from there from last year, right? <laughs> um, like you were, you were historically bad last year. Um, although you did lose Stephanus Lekas, which is tough. That is um, tough. I mean, kills. But I mean, it's it, as we know, it's very much a team in transition. You expect the structure to be much better under um, blanking on his name, just like you did Woodcroft. You Woodcroft. expect you expect the structure to be better. Um, but is there going to be that much improvement in a short period of time? No. There's not, and uh, and especially losing the goaltender who stood on his head almost every game for you in Lekas last season, and I'm a Lekas guy, right? So I, I probably think he has a bigger impact than he did, but you can't deny the numbers. You know, they were losing 2-1 or, you know, one nothing because he was keeping them in games. So now that you don't have that this year, I don't think you can really expect us to take a step forward unless you're going to get more proje- production, and as I look at this lineup, I just don't really see it. I mean, they have Andrew Lucas, who I think impressed – uh, from a fairly limited defensive group, same with Christian Evers, um, in terms of, I guess, more veterans that they have there. Bryce Misley is a senior. Um, let's see, who else? I mean, it, it's a limited roster. Alex Esposito, maybe another recognizable name, uh, but it, it's still quite a few years away, I think, from really threatening. So we'll, we'll kind of have to wait and see on these guys, but I'm not really thinking they're going to get much uh, much above where they were last year. Maybe the record will be improved slightly, uh, but even that, I'm not sure of. So with that, um, that's kind of everybody in, in the uh, the men's side of hockey East. Who do you uh, or do you want to go through your predict your predicted uh, standings, Patrick? Sure. Um, sure. So like we said, it's BC's conference to lose. I go BC one, Amherst two, Lowell three, PC four, Amherst, <laughs> Mass, Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Um, PC fourth. I think they're gonna be. They're, Wait, think, who is third? Sorry. Lowell. Oh, okay. Third in the conference, like that's that might not mean they're a top ten team nationally. Um, PC uh, fourth, like I said, BU fifth. I think there's real. They think there's real boom potential for BU, just as much as there's real bust bust potential for BU. Yeah. Um, Northeastern. I don't know. I don't know if there's boom or bust potential. I just expect them to you know, like I mean, they were horrible in conference last year. They were gross in conference last year, and I don't know how much that's going to improve. Um, and I, and like I've said numerous times on the show, I see them taking a, a, a wee bit of a step back. Um, so I go Northeastern at six, UConn seven, UNH eighth, Maine ninth. I think Maine is going to drop off significantly without Jeremy mm-hmm. Swayman and really no firepower at all. Um, Merrimack again, encouraging signs, but is there really much there? And then same thing with Vermont, Vermont in the basement again. Yep, I have a lot of similar trends as you. At the top, I also have Boston College and Massachusetts, 1-2. I have Providence at number 3, uh, just with that well-rounded group that they have there, goaltending really being the only question mark. And then I put BU at 4th. And this is, uh, again, the boomer bust there, and I'm picking the boom side, but I think there's a lot to like about the way this BU roster is constructed. And after, you know, Albie O'Connell's had a couple years to get it the way he wants it, maybe this is the year that they break through. I put them above UMass Lowell. Uh, who, again, I think have been dependent on that goaltender, and they'll need somebody to step up in a big way this year. Uh, Same thing with Northeastern, really, and without the top talent that we mentioned departing, uh, I'm not sure they really have the horses to run the conference 
um, you know, like they kind of failed to do last year. I think it's a, a similar year in store for Northeastern. Then I put UConn, who, you know, we, we feel good about, but again, there's a ceiling there. And UNH after them, a safe spot for the for the Wildcats, really. And then the bottom three, I go Merrimack first, because I think there is, you know, some things to like about that Merrimack roster, developing a, a young group. Uh, and then number 10, I have Maine. So I had them one stop lo- or one spot lower than you, just because I, I think opposite of Merrimack, it's a team that's trending really the wrong direction and right. not exactly getting any younger. So we'll see uh, what happens with Maine, but I think they're going to be 10th, which of course leaves Vermont for 11th. Where did you have Providence again? I had Providence at, uh, at three right above BU and uh, below Massachusetts. Okay. And you had Providence or Lowell fifth. Yep. Okay. Interesting. Alrighty. Time for the women's. So looking at the women's um, hockey East on this side, seems like it's a lot more cut and dry it definitely does and that's kind of like how it is every year it feels like or at least recently like you know what you're gonna get kind of from women's hockey east whereas men's you feel like there's a little bit more parity sometimes so yeah especially this year like you know obviously northeastern is gonna be northeastern again you know they're gonna be fine same thing with bu um i mean really you know who the top two and usually three to four and then five to six are and then from there it's kind of a toss-up who finishes in the basement right well let's look through it anyway we got do you want to go by uh standings again top to bottom sure oh sure well we know who was first last year northeastern went 24 and 3 in the conference 32 4 and 2 overall insane numbers from the huskies who were definitely on their way to making some noise in the national tournament before the world ended uh, and you look at this Northeastern team, and they didn't really lose that much. Uh, you know, key player, or I guess players that they're, they're missing are Cody Cross, Paige Capistrand, a couple strong defensemen or defenders there. Uh, but otherwise, you know, you still have the big names, Elena Mueller, Chloe Aurore, uh, the goaltender, um, Aaron Frankel, and then uh, Skylar Fontaine's still there too? Really? Yeah, Skylar Fontaine. I, I thought I thought she was a senior. Year, I mean, that's she's just only one. a junior. That's ridiculous. Now she's a senior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Skylar. it's crazy. They might have the best goal. They do have the best goaltender. They probably have the best two players in Aurora and Mueller, right? And they probably have the best defender in Fontaine. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's silly. It's an embarrassment of riches. I mean,. Like, Mueller is a lock for the Patty Caz every year. Um, I would be shocked if she doesn't get it this year. I mean, Chloe Aurora um, can do it with, can do it both both things with the puck. She's an incredible passer, um, and she's also able to put up twenty goals. Um, and then Skylar Fontaine, just I guess a modern defender. She's able to just do it all on the back end, and she puts up outrageously high point totals for a defender for a defender, which might be helped by the talent they have up front. But regardless, they also have plenty of depth between Jess Shriver and Katie Knoll and Aaron Frankel, like we said, is the best goaltender in the country. Yeah. You can't go on. There's, there's no weaknesses here. Well, exactly. I was about to say that. Like, you go through all the teams we've already previewed, and it's like, yeah, but, you know, there's always kind of a negative. I there's, see no holes to Northeastern's women's team. There's no weaknesses. They are the Golden State Warriors. It's frightening. <laughs> um, but we'll see what happens. It's scary. Year. Like, I, like how, how do they bring in that much talent at the same time? It's insane to me. Success breeds success, Patrick. People want to play true. there year I mean, after year. So. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, like, you lost two of your best defenders, but... 
Are you really going to miss him that much? You still have Skylar Fontaine. You still have all that firepower, and you brought in some pretty strong freshmen this year. Of course. Well, Boston University will be looking to make a run for them like they did last year. Finished second, 18-6-3 in Hockey East, 24-8-4. Overall, so a very strong year for the Terriers, but uh, this is a team, I think, that does have some question marks, having lost pretty big names in Sammy Davis and uh, Abby Cook as well as secondary performers Natasha Tarnowski, Desiree D'Souza, Abby Stanley, Brianna Scarpacy. Like, those are all huge departures. You know, players that had big roles with BU, and uh, and they're gone. So you got to try to fill their uh, their shoes with the likes of Jesse Comfort, Elia. They'll be, uh, you know, co-captains and, and your leaders. But other than that, you know, you're going to need some uh, some jumps from Christina Schuler, Julia Neris, um, you know, Nadia Mativi, who we, there were questions, would she be back or not? But uh, it seems like she is back, which is good. Um, but, you know, we, we'll preview BU a little more in depth. But do you think there's a way that BU can maybe make a run at Northeastern this year? Um, unless something goes amiss with the health for Northeastern, I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think BU is the – I think these are the two clear-cut one and two teams, unless, again, something goes horrible for BU. Um, I mean, we know Jesse Comfort. She needs no introduction. I mean, she was, I guess, she didn't have the best season by her standards, and she missed a ton of it with injury, but still managed to put up 29 points in 26 games. Um, Ilya, you know, burst out on the scene last year with 30, with a quiet 30 points. Wow, yeah. Um, same with same with Christina Schuler, 21 points, a good amount of goals. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me. Um, and she's also one of the best defensive forwards in the conference you know you know you're she's going to win draws for you you know she's going to be able to kill penalties um and I, i'd say like you have you have the best goaltending tandem in the conference in kareen schroeder who's a top three goaltender in the country um and kate stewart who could be if she played more, as much as schroeder did you did. just say top um, three goaltender in the country yes wow really definitely top five wow definitely top five i mean i don't know her, like her numbers were top five hockey, but there's some powerhouses out west, but you think Schroeder's right there with the best of them. Her her numbers were have been top five lately, um, but I mean, we're, I mean, it's what more do you want me to say? She's good. Like she's good. it doesn't get she's elite. It doesn't get much more in depth than that. Um, again, like we said, the the only question marks come from uh, you know depth scoring. Like Julia Nears, twelve goals as a freshman, a lot of those on the power play. And she kind of tapered off towards the end of the season. So, yeah. what are you going to do for me this year? What are you going to do for me at even strength? I still think there's tremendous upside for her, but you want a little bit more consistency there. Um, and then on defense, it's a young group. I mean, you have your most seen tenured defender is Alex Allen as a junior, and you lost a ton of offense from the back end. You know, no one ex- aside from maybe Mativi with that absolute cannon of a shot really has potential. Incredible offensive upside potential. One of the maybe one of the freshmen surprises us, but you're gonna have to be expecting some of the freshmen to carry a big, big amount of the load here. Yeah, especially on the back end. But that's where you hope the goaltending can help you. So uh, right, I think they're gonna be able to outscore and outsave their problems. Right. So BU should be fine for second place. Uh, but at their heels last year was uh, was Providence, who went 15, 10, and two in the conference, 18, 14, and four overall. And, uh, you know, we saw the uh, the Friars play BU pretty tough a couple times last year in our, in our trips down to uh, the Schneider Arena and also up here at Walter Brown. You know, Providence was always a tough out. And for the most part, they have back their key players, Sarah Jalmerson, um, Sandra Abstreeter, the goaltender. 
uh, you know, I, I wish I knew Providence hockey a little bit better. It's a little like the men's team in that case, too. Like, not really the names that are going to blow you away, but just overall a pretty strong, uh, deep group. What are you seeing from Providence this year? Yeah, I mean, you lost some really key skaters, especially, you know, Whitney Dove. I believe she actually transferred to Northeastern. They lost somebody. No way, really? Yeah, somebody. I'm trying to find it here. Um,. This is great on air. Oh, Maureen Murphy. It wasn't Dub. It was Maureen Murphy. That's um, still a big name, though. Who, yeah, I mean, seven goals and 11 points last year. Only 11 only, games. O- only 11 games. Yeah. So, North, we talk about an embarrassment I mean, of riches yeah. with Northeastern. Talk about Golden um, State Warriors, Northeastern. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, that's like KD joining the Warriors. Yep. Um, <laughs> but In Hockey East. Yes, I mean, like, regardless, I mean, Providence is going to be fine. It's just going to be a question. I think they're going to be a top-five team. It's just a question of where. Um, I mean, you're, you're bringing, again, Jomerson coming back. That's huge, one of your top scorers. Um, Deblois, Lauren Deblois is a sophomore. You're expecting her to take a big step. Um, she was very solid last year as a defender, and especially on both sides of the puck. And, you know, you have the goaltender. Um, so it's just a question of, you know, can you get contributions from your depth players? But I think it's still, regardless, they're a top five team. Yep. Another team that's probably guaranteed top five is Boston College at 14-11-2 last year in hockey, 17-16-3 overall. So hovering right around 500, which is not where the Eagles wanted to be, especially with uh, Hannah Bilka really showing up as a freshman. Uh, Spent some time on the injured list, uh, but but overall, you know, very strong first year. Led the team with 37 points, uh, and they didn't lose all that much. Just, I guess, a couple players um you know delaney belinskas i remember that name uh but otherwise yeah, you, uh, you know not seeing too much that they're missing this year you're just hoping that uh maybe it comes together a little bit better than it did last year yeah you you lost one of your best goal scorers in belinskas in um a pretty good top nine presence um in ag in lindsey agnew uh, yeah. but again you're you're bringing back hannah bilka who was the best freshman in the nation last year even after missing about like a month with injury um and you still have you know savannah norcross after not doing a ton as a freshman really burst out last year with 11 goals and 17 points um and you you kind of look at their record last year and if you look at the lineups they put out in some games where you know they only had like three full lines and two full defense pairs or something something you would expect in peewee hockey um you've you definitely can tell that they were marred by injury for a lot of the year and you would have expected they'd be better and it doesn't help that you know maddie MacArthur has been really up and down during her time last year yeah and you know you bring in a transfer goalie this year uh, from minnesota state um abigail, abigail levy Ab- abigail levy yep um and you hope maybe the the competition increase you uh, someone emerges emerges mm-hmm. out of that competition um but, I mean, again, with a full healthy squad, I mean, Caleb Barnes is an elite defender. Same thing with Alexi Gay. Um, you expect them to be, if they're healthy, you expect them to be a top four team. Yeah, I think this team really goes with their goaltending because they have, you know, the, the talent as far as skaters go to be competitive. But you're also going to need something special in the crease because that's what everybody else has. You know, whether it's Frankel or Schroeder and Stewart or Abstreeter. You know, it's kind of been a drop-off between those names and then MacArthur. So, like you said, maybe Levy 
can add something there to BC. Maybe, you know, she's just burst onto the scene all of a sudden and takes over completely. Or maybe it's a, a little bit of fire underneath MacArthur that she needs. You know, I think it's a right. good move, though. It's a proactive move um, by BC when you could easily just sit with Maddie MacArthur, who's, you know, 913 save percentage is still fine. Uh, but you just felt like she could have done a little bit more for you. And so maybe she'll do that this year with someone else there to battle for playtime. Um, so those are kind of the big, big biggest name schools. Uh, but the one after that, we shouldn't discount at all. UConn, who went to the uh, the Women's Hockey East Tournament Finals last year, right? Lost to Northeastern, but still yes. a respectable finish for them. They went 13-12-2 in conference, 19-18-2 out of it. Uh, what do we know about this UConn team? So, I mean, you lost your goaltender in Morgan Fisher. You lost some of your top scorers in Brianna Colangelo, Catherine Crawley. Um, but, you know, you're returning a top seven, top five player in the conference. I guess maybe not top five, definitely top seven, top ten uh, player in the conference in Natalie Snodgrass. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not a knock against her. She's, she's, she's a star. Um, you know, 16 goals, it's, not, it's very respectable. Um, and, you know, you got the Wabak twins who – one up, one up front and forward. I'm blanking at which one is the forward and which one's the defender. Mm. Um, but both very solid and very good, strong leaders for the team. Um, you just, it's the question mark of the depth and the goaltending. I mean, you have a junior in net this year, in, uh, Samantha Carpentier Yell. I hope I said that right. Yeah, probably. Um, who only played 10 games last year. She looked great, 929 save percentage, but uh, is that. Is that enough of a sample size or enough of a vote of confidence for a full time for a full time schedule? Yeah, but Morgan Fisher wasn't outrageous last year. No, that's so. That's, that, that, I mean, that's what makes you, you confident. The, like, you had the known commodity at least. That's true. I, I, like you know, you were going to get adequate goaltending out of Morgan Fisher. Yeah, I feel good about Carpentier Yale or, or Yale. Who, who knows what it is? Um, we'll, we'll figure it out as the season goes. Uh, but again, I see Northeastern doing good things this year. Uh, UConn. Sorry, UConn. Uh, thank you. The other Huskies. Huskies. Yes, that's probably what I was thinking right there. Thank you. You just psychoanalysis right there from Patrick. Uh, all right, kind of the the lower half of the uh, the conference last year starts off with UNH, who went 12, 12, and three. So uh, you know, pretty close to UConn there actually. And then 18, 15, and four out of the conference. Uh, UNH. Well, let's see. What what are what are we looking at here on the scouting report? Um, some decent For names, you know. UNH? Yeah, Megara McManus, you know, team leader last year in goals and points. She's gone. Um, and, and a couple other pretty important forwards there. I guess they've lost their first, third, and fourth highest scorers from last season. So that's a bit concerning if, uh, if you're UNH. Yeah, I mean, not great when you look at who they lost and how much of a load those seniors had to carry last year right. for UNH. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, you were looking at their roster last year and you're saying this team is just so senior heavy as far as production goes. Um, but you know what? You're bringing back one of the better goaltenders in the conference, Ava Boutillier, um, with, a, who had a 940 save percentage last year, um, mm-hmm. which is off the charts. Good. Mind boggling. Um, I read that and I was yeah, like, what? It's yeah. Mind bogglingly good right behind Schroeder and, and Stewart, um, not Stewart, uh, Frankel. Um, yeah, and that's not even like the Carpenter Yell uh, numbers where it was kind of a small sample size. Like this is twenty-seven games. Right. Yeah, she she's been around, and um, you know, you had you had an encouraging year from freshman Tamara Theoris last year. Um, you hope she can step up and take a shoulder a lot more of the responsibility now that you know Wenskowski and McManus are gone. 
Um, but again, it's it's do you have enough depth? Are you gonna is you're gonna really have to lean on Ava Boutillier this year? Mm. Um, and I don't I don't know if they have the you know it's kind of like like we said about Merrimack on the men's side. I don't know if they have enough pieces around them. Yeah, around all their top pieces to make it work. Well, teams have certainly found success in leaning on goaltenders in the past, such as Maine, who we know far too well after last year and they knocked out BU in the Hockey East quarterfinals uh, after going 9-11-7 and in the Hockey East regular season 15-14-8. and Overall, and the biggest departure here, obviously, is Carly Jackson, the goaltender, 30 games, finished with a 934 save percentage and a sub-2 goals against average, so insane in the crease, but also one of their better offensive players in Teresa Vanasova, second last year, 31 points. Uh, so they've got some big names to fill there, but they're also returning some pretty solid players as well. Uh, Ida Kupala, the uh, the leader in goals and points last year just as a freshman, uh, and then some strong uh I guess other other upperclassmen as well. How do you think uh, Maine's looking? Yeah, I mean, it's never great when you lose your two best players. <laughs> um, no, it's not. In, in Vanashova and Carly Jackson. But again, we mentioned Kupala. I mean, she led the team in, in every off in goals and points at least last year. And we know she's a game breaker. She can, like, you know, just the 19 goals as a freshman. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Um, but. I mean, it's another it's another team with question marks in goal. Is I don't know who's stepping up in place of Carly Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it was a as good as Vanasova and Kupala were last year. You were kind of an offensively challenged team. Um, and do you have again? Do you have enough around Ida Kupala? Uh, do you have enough around Million to be able to like inside the bottom six? Do you have enough to weather that storm when? If you're in a game where your top players aren't out there for the power play as much and you have to you know, do a lot of your scoring at 5-on-5 five five, or you have to get into a track meet with one of these teams and bottom six is going to be a key contributor. I don't know if you have enough. Yeah, this feels like the main, uh, the main men's team all over again. You know, you lose your elite goaltender and you're kind of like, now what? You know, we're actually going to have to play games without getting 50 saves tonight, uh, which is yeah, an I mean, exaggeration. It, but I don't expect a, a major drop-off from this main team i mean last year like we like they are what they are last year that run just came out of nowhere they carly jackson just got extremely hot at the right time for their team um but by and large they weren't it wasn't a revelation what they were last year and it's not a revelation what they are this year they're going to be competitive um but are they going to be enough to crack crack the upper echelon of the conference maybe not they're competitive in the middle of the pack team Right. Another middle of the pack year in eighth was Vermont, who went 7-14-6 last year, 10-18-8 in all competitions. And we look at this UVM team with, again, you know, not a ton of household names as far as Women's Hockey East goes, um, but also not many key losses. They had, uh, oh boy, Eve Audrey Picard, straight yes. out of Montreal probably. Uh, yes. <laughs> coming down to Burlington for four years and uh, you know finished last year. It was a solid 21-point effort, but other than that, a lot of returning players, including the team leader in goals and points. Another impossible name, Teresa Schafzal. Yep, uh, yeah, per- is- perfect. You nailed it. Did I really? Yes, Schafzal. Schafzal, that's a great hockey name. If I, if that's what I believe I saw on the pronunciation card last year at the game. They had uh, Maud Poulin-Lebel, also from uh, those uh, French-speaking parts, probably. 
junior defender who uh, was tied. I mean, Burlington's right there at, at Quebec. So. Well, exactly. You know, they just they put him in a cab and sent him on down to uh, Gutterson <laughs> Fieldhouse. Easy. <laughs> can can you tell us late? <laughs> <laughs> it's getting later as do this. It's a long show, but that's okay. It's all good information. Um, but their uh, junior goaltender is back, Blanca Skdova. I mean, what are we doing here with these Shkodova. names? Skdova. Skdova. Okay, that's not that bad. Yes, the little the little accent over the S is a sh. Well, she's been okay. Eight ninety three save percentage, two fifty six yeah. goals against average last year, and that I think that was kind of their issue. The defensive end and the goaltending, they're probably going to need those to be a little bit better if they hope to do something meaningful this year. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i looking more at the goal scoring and the goaltending. Um, I mean, Poulin LaBelle last year, I mean, 29 points tied for the team lead as a defender. Um, that's, that's incredible. I mean, like, so you know you have – and, again, it was – Karja Linen, I believe. I hope I'm remembering that right, um, or remembering to say that right. Um, but I mean, 24 points, one of the second highest scoring defender. Like you, you have a great base there on the back end. Um, but is is it all going to be undone in net? I mean, we said Skadova, an 8.93 save percentage. That's that's not good to be quite frank. Mm. Um, I mean, she may play the majority of the games. You may know who's in between the pipes. It may not be a guessing game, but how much are you really going to be able to get out of her? Yeah. Um, this is a team that and, could have really used a, a transfer, you know, like BC did. Yeah. I mean, and you're returning like up front, like Shafzal, 29 points, 14 goals. That's, that's, that's one name. Um, but yeah, I mean, same thing with, with McCool, but do you, do you have enough around them? You have a freshman coming in in McPherson who may be able to, to help out, but like, is I don't again. It's another team. I don't know if there's enough there to put you over the top, or at least do enough for you there. I mean, the defense was was great last year. They're one of the better so- shot suppressing teams in the in the conference. But is it all going to be undone by goaltending? Likely. Huh. Alrighty. Well, ninth was Holy Cross. They went five twenty and two, five twenty three and five out of conference. So not a good year there for the Crusaders, who lost their leading point scorer of Rachel Moore, a forward. Only had 12 points last year, though, so it's not a ton that they're yeah. losing. And this is just kind of how Holy Cross looks. Like, they have decent goaltending from Jada Brennan. Jada Brennan games, is sick. 914 save percentage, 331 goals against average, which is not bad considering the pressure she's faced. Like, and and she got shelled a few times against BU, so she still managed to put up a nine fourteen. Like I think yeah. they lost ten nothing to Holy Cross, and she still put up a nine fourteen. That is Holy Cross. That maybe Northeastern. No, no, mean? they yeah they lost ten nothing to Northeastern. She yeah. still put up a nine fourteen. I mean, <laughs> and you see the the three thirty one. That, that's probably a product of those games, but she still managed to put up a nine fourteen with those blow up games. <laughs> eats pucks for a living. Yeah, um, and she doesn't have much help on this team to be honest. It's it's pretty clear who the bottom three in the conference are. Uh, I guess it's even more clear who the bottom two in the conference are. It's, I mean, you talk about lack of goal scoring. That is that that the epitome of that is Holy Cross. Well, I'll give you some positive news. Millie Rose Serum, uh, freshman coming in, Norwegian national team. So it's a big pickup. I mean, who knows, right? Norwegian national team is a women's hockey powerhouse. If you've heard. I don't think they are actually. I have no idea, but it's yeah, encouraging. and you're also bringing in another great young goaltender, um, Madison Beck, coming up yeah, out of yeah. the Canadian national team. That's true. Um, so I mean, you got some promise there. Something to work with. But. Some some promise, but <laughs> a couple no, pieces away, I'd say. Uh, and the same is true with Merrimack. Yeah. Merrimack uh, last year somehow worse than Holy Cross at two twenty and five, five twenty four and five overall. 
I mean, is there anything to be positive about here with Merrimack? They lost Michaela Grant-Mentis, their program's leading scorer, after a 33-point yeah. season last year. Uh, and then their goaltender, Leah Christine Demers, who went uh, 26 games with a 9.06 save percentage. Like, those were your two best players last year, and they're both out the door. So Yeah, I mean, you still got Julia McLean, who's a fine defender. Same thing up front, you know, Dominique Alaskova, um, 17 points, but... I mean, who's going to play net? You have Emma Gorski, who only saw a handful of games as a freshman last year, and nothing exceptional. And she's the only returning goaltender, yeah, <laughs> or who at least has game, who who at least has played a game. That makes you nervous. So, and yeah, I mean, you lost the you lost a star in this conference in Graham Entis, and she just kind of did her thing, and in spite of Merrimack's struggles, yeah. Um, that's a player you maybe would have liked to see do the the Maureen Murphy and, and go somewhere where she could actually maybe win something because she deserved it. She was sick. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. When we, we talk about how hapless Vermont is on the men's side, you kind of got that with Merriman. <laughs> oh, I think it's worse. Side. It's um. <laughs> it's not very encouraging. It's not. So uh, it's you know probably clear who our bottom picks are going to be for these predictions. Uh, but I'm interested to well, see like how it shakes it, out. It was, like we said, it's a little more obvious on the women's side. Well, yeah, but I think the middle will be interesting. So do you want to lead us off here? Yeah, so I go Northeastern. There's just a juggernaut. There's nothing more you can say. Uh, BU, I think they're going to, again, outscore and outsave their problems on the young defense. Um, BC, I think f- another year of Hannah Bilka, totally healthy. They'll be a l- a pretty penciled in for that third spot. And I have a little surprise here. Oh. I have a little surprise. Do it. I don't like I don't like it anymore, actually. But I feel like since I wrote it down in ink, I have to keep it. What what say you? I think call an audible uh, on the fly. No, here. I was about to call an audible myself, so you can. Alright, yeah, I'm gonna call an audible. I'm going Providence. Um I think I I, I originally had Yukon there, um, but I don't know if Yukon has quite enough depth compared to Providence, who, like we said, doesn't have the best depth, but they at least have a little more known commodities than UConn. Although Natalie Snodgrass could make me very wrong because she is incredible. Um, but So we'll go 5th UConn, and then 6th UNH, 7th Maine, 8th Vermont, 9th Holy Cross, 10th Merrimack. All right. Yeah, I think I agree completely with the bottom part of it, right? But I, I, at the top... I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree so, with both ends. I'll say that. So so where I come down is the top two is pretty clear. Yeah. I'd say it's safe bet to put BC at three, although, you know, Providence could I, I sneak their way in there. But I'd say it's pretty fair to say BC will be three. And then uh, four to six is where it's really interesting for me between UNH, UConn, and Providence. Um, but I think there's still a clear little bit of power balance there. Yeah. Um, and then – the, it's 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 pretty clear that the, the tiers of this of this division right i had a bit of a toss-up towards the middle so i went a little different i had northeastern first obviously bu second obviously but then i go providence third because i don't see many holes in that team just like the men's side it seems like one of the best you know most well-rounded teams in hockey east uh from you know goaltending to scoring i think they really have it all there so i think they'll be good this year and then i put yukon fourth i think uh, they impressed some people down the stretch last year uh, so if they can build on that and uh, stay consistent, they should be in good shape, which means BC wow. yeah, BC is fifth. 
Um, wow. Yeah. Which, 37 points as a freshman from Hannah Bilka doesn't I know it doesn't, doesn't sway your opinion. Well, because she did everything she could. You think she's going more than 37 points this year? Like absolutely. I, I don't know. It's absolutely. a hard mark to talk. She missed like a she missed like a month. Okay, I guess it's true. But I let's look up how many. Let me get the exact. You numbers, go ahead. How many. I just think we've kind of seen the best from Bilka. I'd be amazed if she improved on that. So I will gladly eat my words. Come so March. what was what was BC's record exactly? I don't have it up anymore. <laughs> ah. Sorry. Um, I don't know. And maybe the goaltending will shut me up because I do think that they're onto something here by bringing in the transfer to uh, I guess compete for time with Manny MacArthur. I think that'll get the best out of both of them. Um, but I'm not sure I, I see it otherwise. Um, but again, I could be totally off, and BC could be above BU, and I'll eat my words. So who knows? Okay, okay. So I'm a little wrong. She only missed a month because most of it was winter break. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So she only missed she only missed two games. Um, so in 34, so BC played 36 total games, but in 34 games, 37 points as a freshman, 17 goals. Insane. Or no, 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 that's that wasn't 17 goals. Um, I'm on the wrong page. Uh, four, 14 goals, 23 assists. Yeah, solid. And That's great. Enough around you between like Norcross, make, probably taking a step. I think there's room for improvement there for Hannah Bilka. Okay, interesting. Well, we'll see how that plays out. Bottom. I mean, half, she put up 65 points as a senior in high school at Shattuck St. Mary's. That is nuts. Um, which is a great program. I have UNH at sixth, followed by Maine, uh, which I guess I can't say Maine is going to go lower than that because <laughs> we know the bottom three. Um, but I do think they'll take a step back without the help of Jackson and Nett. Uh, but who knows? You know, maybe I think they have Cupola might be able to you know put the team put the backpack on exactly put the backpack on carry the team. I mean, you know, maybe this is the the offense kind of wakes up. Who knows? Uh, but after that, it's the clear UVM, Holy Cross, Merrimack, and uh, and I do think that those three will will probably be quite a few steps below the other seven in the conference. Um, but yeah, I think those are our picks there, Patrick. I think so. Yeah, it was a comprehensive preview, to say the least. Comprehensive. How how far into it are we on this We're half? Probably north of an hour. We're, we are exactly an hour right now, so I think it's a perfect time to wrap up. If you don't, if you agree, please do. So again, we've been kind of teasing these for a while, but we will have our BU men's and women's previews sometime within the next month because we have plenty of time to do it now. Yep. Um, with the delays from Vermont and BU starting a whole three weeks away from everyone else, um, or two. Um, but regardless, you can find me on Twitter at Pat on 12 Brady on Twitter at Brady D Gardner, WTBU sports on Twitter at, of course, WTBU sports. Um, and again, just Google WTBU radio. I have no idea what the URL is, but if you Google WTBU radio, it was, it's there. Click on the sports tab and everything you could possibly imagine for our written content is there. Oh yeah. So with that, thank you so much for listening, folks, and we will hopefully see you with our team previews next time.